0: Everyone, what's going on out there? It's the one and only Mr. Jason Jones. I'm back with the latest edition of the Ruler of the Court Podcast. Brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, where I discuss the Sacramento Kings. Even though I'm not following them around day to day, going to all the practices like I used to. <laughs> still check keeping tabs on them, though. Talk about the Kings, talk about the NBA as a whole, talk about hip-hop music all that good stuff so thanks again for tuning in checking me out again you know shout out to the basketball podcast network for making this all possible and we're a week away or a little more than a week away from the start of the season kings have played three preseason games they're undefeated don't really care <laughs> but you know they're uh, you know they're they're playing the style of ball they want to play especially offensively you're seeing some different lineups out there uh guys had some rest monday night in portland marvin bagley the third rested a sore knee so you're seeing some different things right now and what i wanted to kind of touch on this episode is first off any potential panic worry concern etc cetera, etc cetera, about marvin bagley and his knee and it's pretty obvious that if it wasn't Marvin, people wouldn't be wondering what's going on with his sore knee. They're like, you know, no big deal. Sore knee, few practices, let him rest. But we all know Marvin's history. We all know what Marvin's been through with injuries. So any injury with Marvin is going to get a little extra attention. But I say, you, you know, there's no need to panic until you actually have to panic. I don't think we're there yet. So what I want to kind of look at right now is just in terms of injuries, If we were kind of just to go through this Kings roster, who would be the hardest to replace on the team due to injury? Even with the improved depth, uh, you know, this kind of a lineup they like more. And I would say De'Aaron, that's kind of the uh, the no-brainer perspective, you know, best player, highest paid player. You lose him, you're in trouble. I get that. But. I'm going to take a little different route on this one. You let me know what you think. I would say the most important player, the player the Kings could least afford to lose. The player they really don't have the ability to really replace is Harrison Barnes. And I will give you a few reasons why I believe Harrison Barnes is the would be the hardest player to replace due to injury. One. In all likelihood he'll be your starting small forward and he's your best uh, wing defender, your best guy who has some size out there defending on the wing. And I guess you could go to Mo Harkless if you if you needed some more, you know, size and wing defense. You could even you know, use guys like you no know, Terrence Davis out there. Tyrese Halliburton has some size, you know, has some length to him, but in terms of the size and strength on the wing the kings don't have anyone like you no know, that can duplicate what harrison gives them harrison's a guy who plays the 3 4 spot for them def- can defend stretch fours you know can you know he can be used to defend wing players hell we've seen the kings use him as a center sometime you know to try to, to to you know trick the game up a little force the opponent to maybe get their big man out the game And, you know, Harrison, to me, is uh, like the linchpin to everything they want to do in terms of offense, defense, and especially defense, just because he gives you a a player with some size and versatility who can defend out there on the wing. And I think he can defend, you know, guards, you know, defend forwards, defend, you know, those mobile bigs that the Kings need to be concerned about, you know, on many a night. And then offensively, it's, I mean, when Harrison's scoring, this is just a better team. I don't think that's that's disputed at all by anyone. They're a better team when Harrison Barnes is scoring the ball. And he's a guy who has the green light to shoot when he's open. Actually, you know, the team would love him to shoot more. You know, have more of those 18-point games and less of those games where he might have 10, 8, you know, 8 10 12 points though the kings need him to be in i would say if he's their second leading score the team's probably not bad you know probably at least a 500 team if he's their second leading score but harrison's not a guy who's going to force things but you can't you know harrison's outside of DeAaron He's a guy who you could give the ball to still, who can get his own shot, which is why they like him to be more aggressive on offense. You can run things through Harrison. You know he can he can post up smaller guys. He can shoot the three. He really is, to me, you know, a key to what the Kings do this season. And there's a reason why, when, when the Kings you hear the Kings and trade talk for Ben Simmons or whoever it may be, there's a reason why people upstairs would can, would include Harrison. Amongst their untradeable pieces. Hold on, a let me give me a little sip of this uh, beverage here. Yeah, so that's a big reason why I think Harrison is so irreplaceable. Just because of all the things they ask him to do, he's like this, he's like their Swiss Army knife. He does, he can do so many different things for them, and you don't have a guy who can duplicate that. So, in terms of injuries. Number one, he's the number one guy you cannot lose if you're the Sacramento Kings. You now, enough about Harrison. my number two player who I would say the Kings would struggle the most to replace would be Rashawn Holmes. And I do understand the Kings are much deeper, you know, in terms of centers. They can throw Tristan Thompson there. They can throw Alex Lynn there. You know, Metu, if you want to, Damian Jones. They've got some options, but in terms of chemistry, trust, no one can really replace what Rashawn gives them. In terms of his athleticism out there on the wing, you know, in switching situations. And it's kind of how he's kind of like a, I won't call him heart and soul, you know, but he's the guy that gets the team going. And so that's hard to duplicate because you can't fake that emotion. You can't fake that energy that Rashawn plays with. And the Kings have had to have moments, you know, in Rashawn's tenure that they were without him and he was definitely missed i just don't know if you have a guy in terms of the versatility defensively amongst your bigs that duplicates Rashawn. you know you may have guys who can compliment him i mean i think if uh i think if you i, I think at some point you probably would see a second big like a you know obviously Bagley would be one Tristan you'll see different looks around Rashawn you know but I don't know if any of the other bigs have that little that little runner that little push shot to give you a little different option on offense or just the defensive versatility that Rashawn gives you and so I think in terms of this season and the plan to try to get to the postseason press toward the postseason that's one guy you absolutely, positively cannot lose for an extended amount of time and hope to crack the top ten in the West. This is, I think, that's why the addition of a Tristan Thompson, bringing back an Alex Lynn to go with the other guys, is so vital because you got to be able to save Rashawn, you know, save him from the wear and tear of a season, save him from those nights where he's going against a big guy like a like a Jokic, and just give him some help. So you know, maybe you can reduce the foul trouble that Rashawn, st- you know, seems to get in a lot last season, and then and then, like I said, over the course of the year, just preserve his body to where he's not getting beat up so much, and maybe and and hopefully, if you're the Kings, that means having Rashawn available for, you know, a push of some sort <laughs> toward the top ten. You don't want to be like last season where, <coughs> excuse me, down the stretch. You don't have, you know, your key guys and your depth is just shot. So, Rashawn would be my number two guy if he can't lose. And then, then I get to De'Aaron. And this is not no way a, a, a diss to De'Aaron or saying that De'Aaron's that important. Come on, let's not be silly. Y'all know I'm not saying that. Me putting De'Aaron at three really speaks more to the fact that I think they've got enough ball handlers now, playmakers around him to where you can absorb a loss of him a little bit better. You you definitely miss him. No doubt about that. You can't just replace the fastest player in the NBA and expect to get that same impact that De'Aaron gives you. De'Aaron's another guy who you know can get his own shot. And create And when he's fully engaged Defensively can be a menace on defense Gives you so much But when you have Tyrese Halliburton When you have Davion Mitchell And you have some of the other guards the Kings have between, you know, between TD and Buddy you got enough depth I believe to absorb some issues If you lose De'Aaron Like they did last season And kind of held it together as long as you could possibly expect But I do believe that If De'Aaron were to go down with an injury for any type of uh, length, extended like the time this season, the Kings are much better equipped to withstand that. That being said, if the Kings want to end the 15 year drought, I almost said 15 year itch, but it's a drought, (laughs) they have to keep De'Aaron on the court and they have to need De'Aaron to get performed up or near or at basically at an all star level to make all to make their dreams come true this season and as the kings get ready for their final preseason game against the lakers a game which will probably feature a whole lot of players not playing i think if you can get through this preseason with your biggest injury quote concern being that marvin bagley had a sore knee i think he had a pretty good preseason in that regard I fully expect guys to be rested up on Thursday, no need to risk too much, you know, get some guys some run, but you know, I'm not going to play heavy minutes because you got to get ready for Portland, but from that point, six days later, so you got to be ready, so I do think it's in terms of health and, you know, surviving, the Kings are, you know, probably in a good spot, you know, they didn't have any... You haven't lost anyone to you know to COVID like you did last year where you where Marvin Bagley, the third missed you know part of camp due to COVID you you know the Kings I believe, and from all indications I've gotten they're having really one of the best camps they've had in a while these last few years, and I know you hear that all the time you're like here we go again with that we had a good camp shit I get it trust me i get it you know i think part of me rolls my eyes that like you might hear anything good about a practice or a camp or something that we didn't see or something that happened that does not happen in a game but i think there's a reason for a level of optimism coming out of camp and obviously they have one more game to go and some would tell you training camp isn't over until the first game of the season but i think we can begin to start saying you know cross your fingers as long as nothing crazy happens in, in the uh, final preseason game the Kings will have made it through this thing healthy and with a good idea of what, they, of what they are going to be able to do going into the season. And the goal will have to be to probably catch teams off guard, especially early. Try to steal some wins, get yourself a cushion, build some momentum, and go from there. So, whatever your thoughts are on injuries, hit me up, you know. At Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter. Yeah, a lot of you have tweeted at me about what exactly The Athletic is doing with my job. I know I've addressed it before, but let me kind of explain it again on here. Before I transition over to the music part of the the pod. Essentially, uh, my role as a day-to-day Kings beat writer has been dialed back significantly. Basically, I won't be doing day-to-day stuff anymore in terms of writing and going to practices and doing all those things. I'll be at some games still. It'll be more of a big-picture approach, though. You know, big-picture stories, uh, bigger takeouts, features. I can't promise you a cadence or how often that's going to happen. It's not completely up to me because uh, as my role expands at The Athletic in terms of what I write about, That's going to naturally pull me away from some of the Kings duties that I've had or a lot of them that I've had over the past years. But it'll just be a different way to look at the team. And hopefully between myself, Sam Amick and some of the rest of the staff at the Athletic, you know, you'll still get your Kings fix. But as it is right now, I will not be writing, say, five things to take away from the Kings home opener against Utah. You know, that won't be what I do i might give you a feature you know about what's leading up to that game or a feature you know that maybe some that probably doesn't have anything to do with the game but that's what it's looking like right now that's that's the plan so i thank you all for your patience i'm sorry that you probably haven't gotten a real explanation as to what the hell was going on with me um no leaving it up to the the powers that be to explain but hasn't still hasn't really been put out there yet. And I wanted to make sure all of you know that I'm not just still on vacation. <laughs> no, it feels like it, so maybe to you, but yeah, I have you know, I'm I'm still working and just not working on King's stuff. So thanks again for all of you who have been reading my stuff at the Athletic and I'll still plan to give you some King's content. It'll just be mixed in with my culture work, my NBA as a whole work. You know, things of that sort. So thanks again for all of you who still check me out. And I appreciate the support. But, yo, before we get to music, I want to talk to you all about DraftKings. You know what the deal is. It's another week of the NFL season, which means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. The last 0-0 tie in the NFL was 1943, so I'd say this is a (laughs) no-brainer. Tell me about it. I'd go crazy if I saw a 0-0 game. I I wouldn't know what to do with myself, and I love good defensive football, but God, that sounds awful to watch. (laughs) If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, though, just yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season, along with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets. If either team scores a point, that's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restricting supply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. And we're back talking some hip hop stuff and I contemplated Well, I think I might go ahead and do it anyway just because I don't know when the next episode will drop. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be this weekend, but sometimes things can happen and you know maybe it doesn't get out in time and once my schedule is a little more settled I can be more predictable in terms of when my other episode comes out. But um, October 17th, we've got a versus battle coming up. Big Daddy Kane against KRS-One. That's old school for probably a lot of you young folks. That was what I was listening to when I was, you know, elementary, middle school. You know, so we're going way back, well, relatively speaking. I mean, I'm only 42. I'm not like 82. But we're going back in hip-hop. And I'm actually looking really forward to this. More so because I'm a very big big daddy kane fan, big kane fan. And I, you know, I'd heard Kane but probably the the moment I really really got down with Kane was when I heard him with Ice Cube on, and Pup and Chuck D on Burn, Hollywood Burn. That was my song mainly because, you know, I, you know, Kane was on there with two of my two of my all-time favorite MCs in Cube and Chuck. And lyrically, Kane inspired a lot of a lot of rappers that came after him. He's really one of the more influential eighties rappers. It's because a lot of people in terms of the flow and style, they bit off a of Dig Daddy Big Daddy Kane. Make no mistake about it. So as we go into the, 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 the verse, I'm gonna start with what you should look for from Kane. You know, if you're you're looking for a Big Daddy Kane primer, I'm going to give you uh, the songs I'm looking forward to seeing being performed October 17th at the Barclays. Okay. Number one, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Ain't No Half Steppin'. I'm looking forward to hearing Warm It Up, Kane, Set It Off, Smooth Operator. I'm looking forward to hearing... Uh, The Wrath of Cain. So, uh, I'm going to give you a few more to listen out for. You know, you got to hear Raw. And you know, uh, on the bug, you know, just rhyming with the biz is going to get played as a tribute to biz marquee. That's got to get played, you know. All right, it's about ain't no half Stephan. I'll take you there on the bugged out tip. Those are just some of the songs that I am really hoping to hear from Big Daddy Kane. Like said, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, Biz Marquis is no longer with us. That's actually probably my favorite all-time Kane song because rhyming with the Biz. But I really, I'm looking forward to seeing this. And even though I am biased in my favoritism toward Kane, I'm not going to be biased in what I break down for y'all when it comes to uh, what to expect from KRS-One Obviously another one of the uh, The legends um, Of the game And with KRS-One You can go into his Boogie Down Productions uh, Bag Or some of his solo stuff And if we're going to do some of the Boogie Down Productions stuff I mean I don't know how this Plays in a versus You know but I like my philosophy I'm a big self you know you know maybe you can do some of his self-destruction verse you know here's another one another you know must have in the verses you must learn why is that jack of spades and that was uh from that song was also featured in the i'm gonna get you sucker soundtrack you gotta check that out you know love's gonna get you i still quote that song to this day you know You know, now they're steak with the beans and rice. I still rock with that song, you know. You know, you got his one song, The Sound of the Police, Return of the Boom Bap. I mean, KRS1 has a lot of hits too. So this is going to be a very, very interesting battle. Very interesting battle. I think. Oh. I, we really shouldn't call them battles, because they don't really treat them like battles. They're like, what are, you know, what are they? They're like celebrations, they say. They're not really battles. You know, but this one's going to be a good one, because I think some of this is going to be based on, in some ways, biases. You know, who do you like more? Are you a Kane person? Are you a big, da- you know, are you a KRS-One person? You know... Do you want to get down and, you know, no punting and boogie down? Or do you want, uh, you know, some of that smooth shit from Kane, you know? But, yeah, but, I, you know, uh, some of the hip-hop heads I know are saying Karras One's got too much heat. You know, he's got, he's still got South Bronx. You know, he's still got the bridges over. He, he's still got, you know, he he's still got a lot of stuff he can go to. And they just wonder if, Kane has like the 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 catalog to match up some of this stuff so like I said I'm biased you know I'm going uh you know I just hope it's a very entertaining uh session I'm looking forward to it let's do this it's going to be fun so let me know who you got you know is it Kane is it KRS one you know what do you want to hear you know at Mister Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, that is how you find me on the on, you know on Twitter. Let's have some dialogue other than Giants, Dodgers, and other than are you are you still employed by the app? Like I get that question once a day, and I try to answer it. Might need to pin that damn tweet to the top of my my page so people know what's going on. But I'm really trying to let you know the folks at the office send out information but i really couldn't wait just because it's kind of obvious the team's been in training camp since september and i've written zero words about it yeah zero so about the team and i mean i haven't been writing you know daily stuff so i mean i might be on listening to press conferences and whatnot but just haven't gotten down to writing anything so that's where that's at and so before we get out of here Completely unrelated to hip hop. Uh, what well, kind? Of, maybe it is, but this is more of a take on what's happened with uh, the football team I grew up rooting for—the team that, until they moved, I even had season tickets to for a couple of years. The formerly Oakland, now Las Vegas Raiders, and what went, went on with uh, John Gruden. Uh, y'all at this point have seen. The, you know, the report, you know, saw the emails, the shit that John was talking as he was, you know, joking, you know, basically, you know, you call it a um, racist, homophobic, misogynistic, sexist group chat is basically what it was. You know, would Bruce Allen sending the shit from his work email address or whatever, but as I was just kind of looking back or whatever and thinking about the impact of hip hop and. Hip hop culture it made yeah, it reminded me that one of the first things John Gruden did when he took the job was he cut um, Marquette King who at the time at 2018 was one of the better punters in the NFL. but John felt he was too flashy and he didn't like his personality. Now when you see some of the shit John was saying in his emails, you know, I get the feeling he was saying Marquette was too black. He was too hip-hop. He out there dancing. He got he got swag. He's doing all this and this. And it, it just really makes me sad for what happened to Marquette after that. You know, he ended up in Denver, I know, got injured. His career never got back on track. And... He should have never not been a Raider, but John was being, quite honestly, John was being a dick. And now look what happened, to, you know. And now that people can all see that, you know, see that for themselves, just, you know, kind of the two-faced nature of a John Gruden. A guy that, as someone who follows the Raiders, never wanted to see, I never want to see him coach the team again. And trust me when I tell you this, Al Davis would have never had that man back in the building either. He's completely ruined the team. He's ruined the damn talent base. You know, he's pretty much gotten rid of any player. Um, this is a guy who, wouldn't, who didn't speak to Khalil Mack, but had to have Richie Incognito on his team. Think about that. was the last time you heard somebody say anything bad about Khalil Mack? Well, you haven't. But he couldn't keep him. He had to get rid of Amari Cooper, Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson, you know, and... I just thought about that talk about hip-hop I thought about Marquette having a good time and just the idea that John was so disgusted that Marquette would dare have fun on a football field and then to see all this man the shit's just it's, it's sickening it really is and if I say all that to say man if you fit you know still do you that's the essence of hip-hop individuality is all right do you don't let people don't let these groutons out here who would talk shit about you stop you man go ahead and do you so shout out to marquette shout out to this verses coming up shout out to all y'all who still listen to me ramble and blah 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 about the kings and hip-hop and all that fun stuff so again instagram at mr jones lbc twitter at mr underscore Jason Jones, shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network for hosting this here situation. I am Jason Jones. I write for The Athletic. I am the host of the Ruler of the Court podcast. I'm the co-host of Culture Calculus. I am the host of Yes, I'm Watching Wrestling. All this other stuff I got going on. So y'all be on the lookout. I will chat with y'all later on this week, I promise. I promise. I promise unless life happens again i'm limited to one a week but i think that things should be getting back to normal soon so y'all be safe out there i will holler at y'all later gone